Hello and welcome to Nerd Girl Musings Podcast. My name is Jen and I'm so glad you're here. Well, folks, it's been a little while and yeah, time, I don't even know where time went. I, to be honest, don't know what day it is anymore. Welcome to a whole different world. Uh, But it is currently in between Christmas and New Year's and we just had the Matrix Resurrection uh, release, and I thought that I would take some time and talk about that movie today. Uh, the only thing coming up that I'm really excited about uh, will be the anniversary, the um, Harry Potter special that launches on New Year's Day. So, you know, I'll be watching that as a very longtime fan. Um, it, it's something I'm super excited about. And to be honest, I was ready to cancel my HBO Max subscription um, until I saw that that was coming out. So I figured might as well keep it for a little while longer. So that will be exciting. Uh, but Matrix, as I as I was watching this, I realized that it has been a while since I have truly immersed myself all the way into the Matrix lore. Um, and so now I feel like we have to dive back into that as well. But that'll be for another time. This is solely on Resurrection, uh, the one that just released on HBO Max and in theaters. This is the final release by... Um, Warner Brothers on that that's going to come out in the dual form where it's a simultaneous release in the future for 2022 and beyond. They've said that they'll have a 45 day uh, lock into theaters essentially. So with the uptick in the new variant, I don't know if that's going to end up being a mistake. I know when I went and saw Ghostbusters last month, or was it October? Whenever. Um, I think it was November. Um, The theater was practically empty. So I don't think people are quite on board with packing in the theater just yet. Um, I like that I can buy my tickets ahead of time, that I don't have to stand around. I can pre-order anything at the concession that I might want. But Still, for me, that's kind of a no-go. If it gets too packed, I'll just have to wait till things come out. So I was enjoying the fact that some of these movies that I've wanted to see have been released through a streaming platform. Um, So I guess time will tell if that is how things stay or if we're going to go back to streaming versus theatrical releases. But, you know, the world is changing every day, yet it's not. So um, only time will tell, I guess, for that. But anyway, let's get back to The Matrix. Uh, The movie is two hours and 28 minutes. I have now watched it in entirety at least twice and kind of a third time. Uh, The first time I watched it, I wasn't overly impressed. Not to say it was completely terrible. It wasn't my favorite movie certainly was not my favorite Matrix. It seemed to be lacking some of the very characteristics that made the Matrix the Matrix. Uh, Some of the classic 
moves or scenes. There just wasn't anything that wowed me. It felt really, oh, let's redo this because this was always uh, something really important that we've had before. I mean, it it felt very much, we've been here, we've done that. So what's the point? Uh, but everybody is doing it right now. We're seeing it with Ghostbusters. Scream has another one coming out. Now we have The Matrix. You know, it's old is new again kind of thing. I mean, heck, we see it with clothing. We see, you know, we see this type of thing. It's a cycle. I think we're comfortable. It does make me wonder if Hollywood or anyone out there has any original ideas. That's the that's the thing. I love going back and revisiting some of these worlds. I enjoy some of the um, familiarity. I don't have to try to figure it out anymore because I've been in that world. I already digested it one time, so I don't need to do that again. But on this, on the other hand, I'm ready for something new and exciting and different. But I don't feel like we're there. And I don't know if it's just easy to do right now because it's hard enough to make a movie with the way things are today, or if we just have a lack of imagination out there. So completely unrelated to this, I had a funny moment where I was reading the news the other day, and I read that NASA had hired eight theologians to study essentially the effects of what if with all these new high-powered telescopes, with these um, plans to get to Mars, with with all of these steps that we're taking in, in our search of space, um, and if we find somebody, how will we as humans react? And Right away, people think theologian means religious, which is not necessarily how it's truly defined. Um, They study religion, but that doesn't mean that they are, in fact, religious. But as I'm reading this story and I'm reading about all these things that they're trying to uh, identify and, you know, how how will the religious groups feel about if we find life outside of Earth or if we find that we're capable of living beyond Earth or, you know, or all these other questions that one might have. And I thought, wow, this sounds really familiar. Where have I heard this before? And it dawned on me, I had heard it before from the movie Contact. And so I just had a real like out of body moment where I was like, holy crap, we're living in a time where life is imitating art, imitating life, which is just mind-boggling to me. So anyway, completely unrelated, like I said, it just it struck me as something interesting that I, I guess I didn't realize that's where we were. But anywho, back to The Matrix. So it's been 18 years since we were last in the Matrix. And to be honest, there are some things that you just never forget. I think the original Matrix made such a an impression on people. Um, it it permeated through our lexicon. It influenced the way we describe certain activities or the way we describe certain things when it comes to the internet and how far we are getting uh, how how much we are getting attached to our devices and you know really 
what's controlling who or, uh, you know, who's pulling the strings kind of thing. You know, we can have these discussions about um, Facebook or, sorry, Meta, um, their plans of what they're focusing on in the, the virtual reality and how they want everyone to be so immersed in that world. And we saw this in the movie Ready Player One or the book Ready Player One and then the movie. Um, so it's it's very interesting how things that were once seen as science fiction or um, futuristic are now happening around us. And you talk to anyone that's older you know, people are like, oh, yeah, I remember when this happened. Or when I sit down and speak with my dad about how things were after Pearl Harbor, after World War II, after different events in his life. And I think back on, you know, goodness, this is what's going to define my life now. And I am going to be in my 80s someday, and I'll be talking to kids about how I got my first email address when I went to college. And they used my social security number as my student ID before they realized people would steal that number and then create another identity and and cause you all kinds of problems in life. But, you know, everything that is happening was once a futuristic dream or something that we just couldn't imagine. And so... 18 years ago, we had this explosive new futuristic, wow, what if moment um, in the matrix, matrix itself. And when you come out of the gate with such a fantastic movie with an amazing cast, you know it's always going to be hard to beat. And the second and third Matrix movies were just not as good. There are things I like about them, um, especially when it comes to certain martial arts and, and things like that, because those are things I'm into. And I don't necessarily like to have to do research to understand the movie or understand what it was that I'm supposed to get out of this. Some of it I just like to get by watching it. And the to summarize the movie itself is it's a fight to get our favorite two characters, Neo and Trinity, back together again. And you know, it it is no question the chemistry that Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves have together. And I have always loved the character of Trinity. I think partially uh, because I like the badass woman. She takes care of herself. She can love who she wants to love, but they don't have to save her. She's not the princess up in the tower waiting to be rescued. If somebody needs rescuing, she's just going to strap on her weapon and go take care of it and be done with it. It doesn't matter that she's the girl. So I've always liked that and admired that strength and bonus for the fact that she could fight. Um, you know, when, when they had some fight scenes in the original matrix and she did the scorpion kick, that was an amazing moment. That was like a defining moment. And we see them bring back some of these same tried and true things in this movie. And in some ways they work and in some ways they don't. Um, I think at the heart of it, it's a love story. 
Neo is trying to get back to the woman that he loves, that he has always loved. And now we have a whole new way of looking at the Matrix. Um, the As far as I can make out, the main theme of this movie is really choices and illusion. You have a choice between A and B, the red pill and the blue pill, but ultimately do you have a choice? Like, you know what you need to do in your gut. And I think that's true in the world today. We all have choices. We have the option of doing different things. But really, when it comes down to it, is it really a choice? You know what's right, what's wrong. You know what you should be doing. And whether you do them or not, you know, that that is where the choice truly lies. But it is an illusion. Um, there are some characters in here, some new characters in the Matrix that I just adore. So there is a character, uh, she goes by Bug, played by Jessica Henwick, or Bugs, I think, actually. Um, I really enjoyed her character overall. I was talking with a coworker yesterday about, I don't know if it's her hair, which sounds so stupid, um, but it's kind of short pixie cut and it's blue, like electric blue. And I just love it. Absolutely love it. She rocks the haircut. Um, I really feel it. Like this feels like her in a character. Um, and it took me a while to connect the dots, but the last time we saw her was in Game of Thrones as Nymeera Sand. And now I want to go back and watch Game of Thrones so I can have a, a better understanding of who she was. Uh, but again, it's that strong female. I can take care of it. Yes, I will go in there and, and do this thing uh, because I can. And I really enjoyed this character so much. Um, and of course, Neo and Trinity, I mean, your, your typical characters, I, so for as much as I enjoyed the movie, I also hated the movie and it started with a very familiar scene with familiar music. And as someone that pays attention to specifically music in a movie, um, you know, as soon as you hear the beginning of, that theme, it just sucks you right in like, okay, now we're in the matrix. And as we started watching it, I'm like, gosh, this, it, that kind of looks like Trinity and it kind of doesn't look like Trinity. And to be honest, the, the beginning was so disorienting and it really threw me off when, as we're watching the scene, which is the scene from the first matrix and they show the character and it's not Carrie Ann Moss as Trinity. Then I was really confused. I was like, well, who is this? And why do we have two people watching this scene? And um, Bugs kind of somehow gets into the scene. And it just, it's really, really different. Um, so it's it's the familiar scene with unfamiliar characters. And that's what makes this so disorienting. It, it took situations we thought we knew and put different characters in there. And it's not until we get a little further into the movie that we then meet Morpheus, who is a new and let's just say flashy Morpheus, the anti-Lawrence Fishburne. Um, he 
he is colorful in every way that the original Morpheus was all dressed in black and in every way that he was sleek and reserved. This new guy is flamboyant and loud and, and there's nothing wrong with it. I don't necessarily dislike the new Morpheus, but my mind had a hard time saying this person is who, like I I couldn't connect who we are. Um, So we find that there's this new Morpheus and he's actually an agent and his, the thing that he needs to do that he discovers is his mission is he has to find Neo. And so Bugs offers him a red pill or a blue pill. And, you know, there's this whole scene where the agents are looking for her and trying to capture her and, why is it that whenever there is a big sign hanging off a building, you know before it happens that the character is going to slide down said building and all the light bulbs are going to pop as they go, or the sign will fall off? I mean, it's guaranteed one way or the other. We saw the sign fall off in uh, Final Destination, and in this movie, Bug slides down the, the sign, so all the light bulbs go popping off and... um and down she goes. But we learn that Thomas Anderson is a video game designer. He's a a winning game designer for, of all things, the game The Matrix. And The Matrix is essentially, it's a video game based on the movie that we saw the first time. So, while we saw certain people playing these characters, there are new people playing them in a video game, which is why the new Morpheus is different. The new Trinity is different. Um, so that's what I understand it to be. Does it make sense to me still? Nah, completely. Um, it, so the idea is that Thomas Anderson took his remembering or things he thought he would start to remember about the matrix and he would put that into the video game as you know here's a story and mainly because he remembers these things and he is being told by his shrink that he is having a mental collapse and at one point they say oh you are a suicide survivor and all these other things and you you start to learn that everything we thought that we knew about the original matrix they are telling him is a break in your psyche it's something happened and it's not reality and in fact you are a video game designer and you know all these all these things that didn't really happen as far as we knew it to happen. And so he he goes to a coffee shop uh, with um, one of his coworkers, and a woman walks in and you think, well, now that looks like Trinity, like the Trinity. And he's kind of staring at her and his friend's like, oh, I'm going to go up and talk to her for you. And walks over there and she introduces herself as Tiffany, um, AKA Tiff. And um, she has kids and a husband. And when they shake hands to meet one another, 
she says, have we met before? And, you know, so that gives you the tip off that she is is living a life that she doesn't remember kind of the the life we think we knew she lived. And Thomas goes back to his therapist again, and he's starting to get these small flashbacks, these things that we know occurred in Matrix that he is being told is is just um a part of his of his brain and you know he's going through these these episodes and lo and behold who is his therapist it is none other than Doogie Hauser um i will forever call neil patrick um neil patrick harris doogie hauser because that's how i grew up with him and he will always be that for me but he plays an amazing bad guy. And I don't know if it's because he just has that way of of speaking and it, he just seems like he's up to no good. And um at one point he's like, "Hey, do you need a refill of your prescription?" And Thomas Anderson says, "Oh, yeah, I do." And so we watch him go to take his pill and look at that, it's the blue pill. And if you remember from the first movie, it helps you forget the matrix. So they can they can continue to tell him everything is in his mind and that um, you know it's it's not real. Uh, the matrix was just a dream, and you're channeling this as an artist, so you're putting it into your video game because that is what artists do. And as another side note, why do they always take a pill? I don't care how big it is. They just pop it in their mouth and swallow it. For fun, I tried to do that with one of my pills the other night just to see if I could do it, and I about choked to death. Um, I, I don't know why they do this. It doesn't happen in real life. And unless that pill is super small, which these are not, and you know they're not. So... That bugs me. That's like the brushing teeth without water or toothpaste or anything else. It just, it annoys me. Um, And we get a a nice little surprise uh, cameo from uh, Christina Ricci. And she is a Warner Brothers big wig kind of marketing person. And they're pitching the new video game. They want to resurrect the Matrix because it was such a hit. They want to redo it again. and. It's sort of like we're getting um, little things that people are saying about the movie coming out again. So, you know, why are we doing this again? We've already done this story before. You know, all the things that we are talking about today, about Ben here, done that, and they put it into the movie almost as a way of calling it out. Like, yep, we understand the joke. We get that that's what you're saying. Um it is the one and only scene that she's in, which is disappointing because she also does a very good job playing a smarmy marketing guru person, whatever she is. And they're, um, you know, they're they're talking about here's what we need to have it look like, and you know, they're just talking about what are people going to think about going back to the matrix. And you know that that's what they are truly in a room talking about, you know, four or five years ago when they were like, let's go back and make another matrix movie. So it's sort of a tongue in cheek on 
some similar discussions that I'm sure they're having about the movie itself. But anyway, Tiff and Tom start meeting at the coffee shop more on a regular basis. Uh, We find out that she loves motorcycles and builds them, which is such a shocker considering we know in the Matrix that's what, like, her thing is. And um, ironically, she said, you know, I think that I look like that character Trinity from your game. And... So there's there's these little connections that we're making. She's watching that. She has these characteristics that we're like, I know t- uh, Trinity is in there. We just know she's in there. And Morpheus shows back up to visit Tom. And um, he's he's flashy. He's in this really bright, bright outfit. And flashy sunglasses, not the sleek leather jacket that we saw before. And although it certainly gives him a a difference, like it's distinctive. That was Lawrence Fishburne, this is me type of of thing. I don't know that it really fits 100%. But... um, and it's it's very similar to the beginning of the Matrix where they're trying to get him out of the building. They're trying to bring him back out of the Matrix itself, trying to explain to him that um, you aren't writing about something that's in your head because you just dreamed up a video game. This was your life. This really happened. And as he's starting to meet some of the newer characters that are involved in, in this and getting him out of the Matrix, we... We discover that some of the machines, which are called sentience now, um, they're actually kind of cute and they purr like an animal does. Um, There's one little cute little guy that he does a fist bump with at one point or somebody does a, uh, I think the operator does a fist bump with, and that is adorable. And if that was a real life thing, I would totally get one. But anyway, the other thing that's really disorienting about this movie is that we have some characters coming back as themselves. So we have Neo coming back, Trinity comes back, and then um, Niobe comes back. And um, it's a little, it's a little disorienting because one, I know that that's Jada Pinkett Smith. I can, if I close my eyes, I can hear it in her voice. Even though she's trying to sound a little bit older, I can hear it in her voice. She has makeup on to look older. Um, she is now the general in a city called Io. And the hard part is that we have these four or five characters that are themselves. And then we have all these new people playing similar characters, but they are not played by the original. Er- actors. So, for example, Thomas Anderson's uh, partner, like co-founding partner for this video game company, um, is Mr. Smith. But there's no Hugo Weaving, who I think is the ultimate Mr. Smith. And no matter who you would have put in that role, they're just not the same. Um the guy that that plays the Morovian, he's also back, but I'll be honest, it took the second viewing for me to connect who it was. And um, I, I just wish that it would have been one or the other. Either bring everybody back in their original role 
or explain how this person is no longer here and give this character a different, you know, like don't make him Morpheus. Tell us they're based on Morpheus, but this is somebody else. And this person is based on Mr. Smith or he is like Mr. Smith, but not Mr. Smith. And so that was just really frustrating to me to to have the back and forth on, okay, you're the, the new real one. What happened to the old one? And Niobe is old. She's an old lady. And Jada Pinkett Smith has had a lot of plastic surgery lately. And so she still doesn't look like herself. And to see her not looking like herself underneath the makeup to make her look older was just really odd to me. Uh, but we do understand that 60 years have passed in in the world. So when Thomas Anderson or Neo looks in the mirror and sees um, who he is now and sees this character that we know of as Neo, um, that's not really what he looks like. And so that part was also a little odd to me because I, I just didn't get... I just didn't get how how that all happens. Like, why did other people age and the person we see ahead of us um, didn't age, yet when we see a um, a picture of him later or we see a, a reflection of him, we find out that he does look different. So it's just, I don't know, it... Again, very disorienting. It's just not my not my favorite. Um, the other thing that I had a hard time with um, is all I can see when Neo is in the Matrix now is John Wick. And when did we bring John Wick in the Matrix? And I know that some of this is timing-wise because he's filming John Wick, the new movie. Um, it's coming out in 2023. So I, I know that he has the hair for that movie. But that just doesn't match the, the Matrix. And so I had a hard time separating those two characters uh, because then whenever he was in the real world, he had the shaved hair that we always see him with. So it was just very disorienting. Um, the bullet time effect is used a little bit too frequently in this movie. And I'll tell you the other thing that is just way overused is Neo's ability to... I don't even know what it's called, but it's where he kind of uh, where he's stopping the the bullets. Um, so in the first movie, when they were firing at him and he put his hands up and he, and they all froze right there and he picked one out and then dropped his hands and all the bullets fell without hitting him. That particular trick, whatever they're calling it, is overkill in this movie galore. It is every other scene and it is just too much um it's a shame because i think it's a good trick but it feels like it rides the line between like a superhero movie and 
I don't know. It it feels like very Superman powery or Wonder Woman power, and I it just doesn't work. Not that often. It's every other minute with this thing near the end. Um, you know, it was unique in the first movie. Um, and it was fun to dust it off in this movie, but now it feels very gimmicky and, you know, like, oh, we don't know what to do. We'll just have him stop those bullets, take the, um, take the missile that shot by a helicopter and we'll just have him shove it towards the other helicopter and blow that up. And, oh yeah, that'll work. And we'll have him stop be able to make this movement and everybody just gets blown away. And so it's just overused and overdone. Uh, The other thing that I felt, I felt bad to be honest for even thinking it, but there were a few moments where um, Neo and Trinity are side by side. And I thought, wow, they're really looking old. And, you know, it's, they are older as as people. Um, I think they're in their mid-50s, mid to upper 50s maybe, which used to seem really old, except I'm not that far behind them now. But, um, you know, so I don't mind seeing a little bit of gray hair. I don't mind seeing wrinkles and skin that is older. But that I shouldn't look at this movie and think, wow, they're old. and. So that part was sad. It made me feel like the movie could never be what it was because they're physically not able to do what they could do 18, 20 years ago when they made the original movies. And again, there's nothing wrong with having older characters, and I like that. I like all representation from ages, but it's just don't try to make that movie then with people that can no longer do what the movie was. Um So anyway, I digress on that. Um, So we learned that Neo and Trinity were essentially, they were resurrected and they found that as long as they kept them close to one another, the energy that they produced was what the machines needed. And um, they, they also talk about how There was a patch in the Matrix which removed the Oracle, which is why we no longer see her in the movie. Um, She apparently, the last thing that they heard from her was that a new power was rising. And so that was the new architect was coming. And um, so obviously he, he did show up and he then removed, um, put the patch in to remove the Oracle. So, by Neo becoming aware again, it, it destabilized the Matrix. And then Trinity was the only one giving it any power. And so what they were wanting to do was reset the Matrix unless Neo returned to his pod voluntarily. Or they said, we're going to kill Trinity again, and then you'll have to watch it again and know it was all your fault. Um. There's a touching moment here where Neo tries to get Trinity back and they are about ready to unplug him. And then Agent Smith reappears and for a moment they have, um, they're on the same side for just a brief moment. And there's this 
this huge brawl scene where um, everyone's trying to keep Neo and Trinity from touching one another. And by the time the architect realizes what's happening, it's too late. Um, and they... Uh, they use this this thing called swarm, where just kind of all of a sudden everyone is um, is able to turn into an agent, and they're surrounding Neo and Trinity. And somebody says, "Hey, um, can you still fly?" And it's a funny little moment where he sort of jumps up and and does his little Superman like up, up and away kind of thing, and. He uh, he's like, yeah, that's a big no, can't fly. And so then Trinity roars up on a motorcycle, tells Neo to get on, and off they go. Um, and as they're being swarmed, we have bodies dive bombing from these high rises. They're they're using essentially human bombs, um, and they're kind of herding them into this little kill zone or kill box. Um, and of course, they end up going to the roof where now we have choppers that are firing on them. And, you know, some of it is so predictable here. Um, you just know once they're up there, you know exactly what's going to happen next. They're going to jump because that's what they did before. And Neo has his complete Peter Pan moment and he doesn't believe in himself. And so therefore he can't fly. Um, and then they are actually pulled out of the matrix and they are able to see one each one another again for real. Um, so it's a beautiful moment there where they finally, it's like, ah, you know, you exist and, and we're here together. Um, you know, and so I'm skipping a lot, by the way, this is not like a verbatim of the movie, but um, near the end, then we see the architect in a broken kind of collapsed apartment and we get to see Trinity <laughs> take a few smacks with him. You know, first she punches him and it, and it like breaks his jaw and sends his jaw like halfway down his throat and he, you know, then she fixes it and then he says something else really stupid. So then she slits his throat and, um, you know, they kind of have a chuckle about it. Uh, and the architect says something along the lines of, you know, what did you do? Come here to negotiate or something. And they said, you know, they're, they are not actually here to negotiate. They're here to remake some things in his world, remind these people what a free mind can do, and then off they fly. And just the way that they do it, the flying off into the sunset type of thing, it sets them up for another installment, which, you know, I don't know. I mean, can we let some of these movies just go? Like, they were great. Let it go. Uh, similar to Grey's Anatomy, like the show that will never, ever end. And sometimes you just have to learn when to look back on it and say, that was a great thing that we did. We can't ever top that. Let's just leave it alone. I don't feel like this moved our story forward. It gave us a great love story again to be reminded of how much Neo and Trinity loved one another and that feels good. But, oh my gosh, it's all the same thing and it's so predictable. Um, it lacked any of the great moments that the original had. Uh, and... You know, like I've talked about before, we've seen so many remakes of everything. People just don't have anything new to say. 
we've already been there, done that. Um, just for f- some fun trivia on the f- on the backside for you as I wrap this up. Um, like I said, this is the last film that Warner Brothers will be releasing simultaneously on HBO Max and um, the studio. So all of the theatrical films from Warner Brothers next year uh, will be in theaters uh, for 45 days. And this is apparently part of a new agreement uh, that they reached with some cinema group and AMC theaters to be able to do that. So uh, the man who plays Thomas Anderson's reflection, uh, he's kind of the older guy. His name is Stephen Roy, and he's actually Carrie Ann Moss's real life husband and the father of their three children. When Tom and Tiffany have their conversation in the coffee shop at the table, the people walking by outside the window loop. And so that is where we see our first glitch in the matrix. Um, at the end of the movie, there's a, there's a, a scene afterwards, um, after the credits, and it's back to the video game team talking. This is like after their meeting with the marketing person. And I'll be honest, it makes zero sense to me. It was the most ridiculous end credit scene I have ever seen. It was such a waste of time and sitting through seven minutes of credits to get to it. So not really something I would ever encourage anyone watching. Like it doesn't do you any good. It Essentially, they poke fun at people wanting to watch another Matrix. So those are my thoughts on the Matrix movie. Again, not something that I feel moves our story forward. I don't know that I would consider it even a part of the Matrix trilogy because it just doesn't add anything for me. But now I want to go back and rewatch the whole trilogy. So that'll be some more things that we can talk about again in the future. So let me know, have you seen the Matrix Resurrection? What are your thoughts? Did I... Did I get anything right? Is there anything you feel I missed? Uh, please let me know. Make sure to stop over at Instagram, Nerd Girl Musings, and say hello. Um, I hope everybody had a good holiday and that you have a wonderful and happy 2022 as we say goodbye to this year. It feels like we're sort of in the matrix where we're redoing it. Um, I feel like 19, 2019, 2020, and 2021 are going to be our glitches in the matrix themselves. But anyway, that's enough for me. I've talked enough. Take care and be well.